Welcome to the Eat, Sleep, Chelsea, Repeat pod. On today's pod, we review a narrow defeat to Man City at the Etihad. We're going to talk Chelsea form temperatures, and we're going to look ahead to both our penultimate and final games of the season versus Manchester United and Newcastle, and our own Steve Harvey, Brady, (laughs) has got another Chelsea quiz for us. Steve Harvey. I don't know who Steve is. Yeah, you do. It's the American host. You do. He's Mr. He does. Yeah, he does a family feud, which I think is like the US family oh, fortunes. Oh, I do know. You I know. mean, that, yeah. that annoyed face that he does, I've been doing a lot this season, to be honest. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm Chris, and as always, I'm joined by my brother Craig and our good friend Brady. How's it going, boys? Going all right. I mean, we, Chelsea were expected to lose at the Etihad, and that's exactly what they did. But we didn't get absolutely battered. And I watched it on holiday in Greece in a, in a lovely little sports bar with a with a pint of Greek lager, so can't complain, really. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, Craig and Chris have took Chelsea on the beach a bit too literally. They're, they're actually on the beach <laughs> in Greece. So Chelsea are on the beach, Man City are on the beach, and two further of podcasts are on the beach, and I'm stuck in uh, cloudy London. But as for the game, we'll talk about the game. The game was a bit bizarre, wasn't it? Because it was essentially just a bit of a precursor for the trophy lift and... It wasn't the game it would have been if uh, City needed points in that game, but we can talk about that. But yeah, two games left, can't wait. Season over, but um, yeah, we'll crack on. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Man City won Chelsea nil yesterday. We actually outscored them on XG, which was maybe expected based on the fact that they started with a slightly weakened team having won the league. Um, but obviously with Arsenal losing to Nottingham Forest on Saturday. Um, 1.2 XG for us, 1.1 XG for Man City. Um, 65% possession for Man City, 35% for Chelsea. We had 13 shots, which is quite good actually, six on target. Um, Only two on target for City out of the 15 they had. Um, It was a game where I think uh, it, it looked like it could go really badly, I think, in the first sort of 30 minutes. Mm, but yeah, we seemed yeah. to play our way back into the game and didn't do ourselves too bad a um, disservice and sort of as the game went on for the last 60. How do you guys see it? Yeah, I mean, completely agree with the, the first 30 minutes. That was miserable watching, as has been the case a lot this season with first half, just passes by really without anything happening. I was, I was thinking after 30 minutes, are we even going to have a shot in the game, really? I know Conor Gallagher did actually an early... Um, shot, but you know, basically, are we going to have any more chances in the game? The city looked very comfortable, high possession. We didn't like we could offer anything on the counter when we did get the ball, sloppy passing, giving it away. You know, very, very disappointing. Like I said, been the theme all season. But then after that, the first 30 minutes, we sort of edged a bit into the game. Thought some great movement from Sterling, some good passing from Enzo, a few other lively little uh, performances. Lewis Hall with a really nice cross for Conor Gallagher to head into the post and yeah it felt like we we you know could have ended up getting a draw out the game and probably 1-1 would have been a fair result at the end of it. Yeah I mean in terms of the setup and the formation I think the guard of honour was the best formation that we did all day. Very well organised. <laughs> Straight lines, coordinated <laughs> clapping. Um, it was a 5-3-2 out of, out of position. I don't know what we were playing in possession. It was a 4-3-1-2. I don't know. Even Footmob couldn't get, keep track of it. And uh, in terms of the first half, Chalaba I just... seems to be playing. 
left back. He was playing left back, and then he was inverting. He was sort of like playing as a uh, an LM when we were attacking. It was bizarre. I mean, Trevor Chalobah went on a bit of an epic journey yesterday. It was left centre back, uh, left midfield, and he ended the game with left wing back. So I think, yeah, and that obviously cost us for the goal. Um, Alvarez. Was, yeah. was clean through really and he was late back Chalaber and it's not his fault he was asked to play yeah, like you say a very I, interesting role I think yesterday was a bit of a microcosm of our season I just want to go through a few points iffy team selection that's been all season so no Madueke no Mudrick people like that that was a bit iffy ever changing formation so we've had that under well Tuchel was quite constant but under Potter and under Lampard constantly changing formations another change yesterday Defensive unforced errors, so for Fana for the goal. A lack of intensity in general, especially at the start of games, when we've been starting games particularly well. Awful chance conversion, so Sterling missed a couple of sitters yesterday. And injuries affecting the team. I mean, the only reason that Chalaba was playing left centre-back was because Badia Shield was injured, right? And so we didn't have Kovacic or Kante. And also, just this season, just a little bit of bad luck, just that... Just that, you know, City changed their keeper and Gallagher hit the post and then that keeper just got across and saved it. I'm not even sure Edison can get across there. So it's just a little bit of luck and just a bit of a microcosm for our season. All these things coming together and we just couldn't quite get over the line. And um, yeah, disappointing in the end. Yeah, it was it was strange. Um, I don't quite, I, I, I agree with you. I don't quite understand the formation generally. Um, it was good, some, some good performances generally in there. Yeah, as you said, Sterling, I thought his movement was really, really good. Um, unfortunately, he couldn't finish off any of the chances. He played through quite nicely a few times. So, um, definitely, I think if those had gone in, it would have been um, something to savour for for the game. Because I think we we definitely came into it second half. I thought we pushed. Thought there was a good reaction, um, and I thought Enzo had a really really good game. I thought he was really positive on the ball. He seems to be playing a bit further forward. Um, generally, I think Loftus. I like that he was having a pop at Michael Oliver as well. Yeah, he, uh, he he got in his bad books early, <laughs> and uh, he kicked off at him a few times, and they kicked the ball away and got booked. And like he was standing next to him with his hand over his mouth. I don't know what he was saying to him. It was quite funny though. <laughs> I think the the sort of the formation, well, the two midfield kind of complemented each other quite well. Thought Loftus Cheek in in games like that where there's lots of space, he has he has really great running power and dribbling, and um, he can look really positive on the ball, which is great for him. Um, but ultimately, I thought we failed in the at the top end of the pitch, and I think that's been a, as you said, a constant all season. Really, really poor chance conversion from us, which was disappointing. It has to be a bit of a caveat with this game. I mean, City obviously was waiting for the trophy lift. I mean, they were handing out starts to. I mean, it was put Calvin Phillips first start of the season, Sergio Gomez, Cole Palmer. It was a game where they were sort of, I felt, in fourth or fifth gear, really. And it, usually when they score, they'd, they'd go for the kill and they didn't really. So it was a game that was just a bit bizarre in the sense that we won an XG, but I don't I didn't think usually, I think if City were competitive in the game and if you saw their bench, I mean, I don't know if you saw their bench, it was one of the, probably the best bench in football ever. I mean, it was an unbelievable bench they had. So um, it was a kind of missed opportunity a little bit yesterday where it felt like a little bit of a friendly or a bit of, I don't know, just a bit of a, a, a second leg where the first leg had decided to tie. It was a bit of a weird game, really. But unfortunately, we just... I don't think... If we were at a better moment, I think we could have won the game quite... Not easily, but I think we could have won the game yesterday. I think City was sort of semi there for the taking. They were kind of in party mode. A few of them might have been hung over. So, <laughs> um, yeah, a bit, bit of a strange afternoon, really. I don't know what you thought. 
Yeah, did, I thought we lacked quite a lot of intensity. I, I would like to see us try and impress. There were there were elements of the game where I think Sterling, you know, one of his best attributes to me is definitely his his pressing, and he he clearly wanted to push up Gallagher as well. But we weren't doing it collectively. There wasn't that like team um, organization to to really get a city, and I think that would have you know made the game a little bit more interesting in in, in effect, really. Mm-hmm. But also would have pushed us to try something a bit different because as you said I thought they were there for the taking definitely with A with the team selection and B their sort of mentality that they didn't yeah. actually need to win the game so yeah they're in, they're in party think, mode weren't they like, yeah I thought we could have really like you know I think the players could have sent a message almost kind of spoil the party a little bit yeah didn't see, it kind of felt like we were a bit passive in in, in long parts of the game to be fair maybe was, they didn't really I mean I'm sure that they didn't realise the City were going to put out such a weakened team. So maybe there was a bit of mental adjustment there where they thought they were going to be against... Because no one... I don't think anyone predicted that the team would be that rotated. I thought they'd maybe rotate against Brighton in their next game um, and maybe play all the players for this game. But um, yeah, it was it was a strange jump. I don't know what you thought about it, Craig. Yeah, I mean, the I think certain players had, had decent individual performances in the game, but... Again, tactically very, very disjointed, especially in the in the first half. And sort of a theme we've seen under Lampard even previously when he um, was manager before was huge gaps between sort of our defence and our attack. We sort of play as two different units. Yeah, There's not that cohesion that we, we saw. I think one of the biggest thing, changes we saw when Tuchel took over from Lampard was the, the, the team structure. They sort of moved up and down as a complete unit up and down the pitch. So when we were pressing high, the, the defence was sort of at the halfway line, really putting the pressure on them and they had no out ball. And I think that would have been good against City yesterday. You know, Palmer hadn't played very much this season, if really at all. It might have been, I think it was first start. Out, uh, Mares hasn't got the pace to get in behind. You know, Lewis, Rico Lewis and, and Phil Foden were playing behind Alvarez. Maybe Alvarez has, has a bit of a threat in behind, but not really. I thought we could have really pe- pressed up. And yeah, like Chris said, we've got Sterling and Gallagher and Havertz as well up top, who are good at pressing. It's probably their best attributes, uh, Gallagher and Havertz, they're pressing. Um, so mm. I think we had the team to do it yesterday as well. Uh, and so I'm, I'm yeah, concerning that we, we didn't end up really really going for it. Or, you know, I think that we would have been forgiven losing the game 4-0 yesterday, right? So I, I think if, we, if you're going to do that and you've got that sort of leniency, we're not really playing for anything. Let's see what we can do. Let's go for it. And, and instead, yeah, it was it was pretty negative stuff. Yeah, I think the lineup reflected that. I think Lampard in the lineups is showing that he doesn't want to get beaten comprehensively in games. I've mentioned this before. I think he's a little bit got an eye on his career after Chelsea. I don't think he's particularly enjoying this stint. He might say in the presses that he is, but he could tell in his face doesn't really like this group of players too much. Doesn't like yeah, the I think situation. Neville, Gary Neville alluded to that, didn't yeah. he? he? Doesn't he, like the players. He like a manager that doesn't yeah. like his players. I don't think he likes sort of the new signings. Doesn't really fancy the youngsters that much. Um, just yeah, he's a different breed, isn't he, Lampard? He's in that older breed of Terry and Drogba and like that. Just, they're just different generations, and yeah, just it, just clearly not enjoying his role, and definitely got one eye on you know next season and his career going forwards, and I think that's reflected in in, in the players he picks, right? So. Yeah. He definitely likes Conor Gallagher. We can, I can tell you that. Yeah, I mean, it's clear. Like he, he, I mean, managers do that. Like Mourinho does that. They just have a player that they play, they play a lot, and he just seems to trust Gallagher. 
And to be fair, Gallagher played. He didn't play badly yesterday. He got he got the goal against Bournemouth. Uh, he got the goal against Brighton. He's probably been one of the best players under Lampard. So when players get prioritised, I think what you get with Gallagher and probably why Lampard likes him so much is he's probably like really hard working in training. And yeah. he probably like you know gets up and down. He doesn't. He takes it quite seriously. He wants to improve. That's he wants that. to do well. And that's, that's the kind of big... go on, sorry, Chris, go on. And that's the kind of person I think you know Lampard wants everyone to be like because that's probably what he was like. So that's probably why he favours him a little bit more over others, maybe as well. It's also part um, like, and never remember Willian. Willian, even when he's in poor form, we go why is that? Willian was a fantastic trainer, apparently, just like really, really good at players. You know that. You know if they see. Five days a week, the plum was working hard, and I think Tuchel said that in an interview that he did recently. Is that if you see a player training all the time, you're going to be in the you know in the front of their thoughts. And clearly, Gallagher is he's kind of replaced Mount, isn't he? <laughs> Essentially, he's sort of B Tech Mount in a in in, in uh, Lampard's mind, and yeah, he just wants him on the pitch all the time. And I don't know, fair enough, I suppose. I mean, there's nothing to play for now. So if he wants to keep playing Gallagher, that's up to him, really. I think Gallagher showed yesterday why he maybe isn't quite the player at the top level. I thought he lacked loads of um, intricacy with his passing. Like he, his positioning is, is, is good, but his passing is just not quite there. He doesn't have that vision. Um, so maybe if he plays more, he can, he can kind of get it. But, you know, the game isn't going yes. through Gallagher. So he's not, you know, we're not passing it to Gallagher and expecting him to be, you know, like a De Bruyne kind of regen in terms of like his vision and stuff. So I think he struggles in those areas. There was a really good clip, I think, of Loftus-Cheek running through, you know, he bulldozed past a couple of people, nutmeg one, passed it to Gallagher and he's got three options ahead of him. And I think he picks the guy on the right and he plays it behind him. And he's just thinking yeah. that is, that is not where that person wants the ball. And that's not going to help us get the ball across the, you know, across the area in a dangerous situation. So stuff like that is really, really damaging for a lot of our attacks and um, he needs to improve in that area, definitely, decision-making. What are you going to say, Greg? Um, I don't know. Boys, I just, we've kind of got to go just really quickly. Have you, has anyone considering him staying now? Because I'm just thinking covers off, looks like lost his cheeks off. Maybe we don't have to sell him for the FFP. Do you think there's any reason that he would stay at the club? Well, it's all well, to hoping... do with Posh now, isn't it? That, that's the mm. that's the main thing. No, but you're we'll not... get him to analyse the squad. For that's you, what we though, want to happen. Not for Posh, for you. Do you think he's well, done what, what I want to happen? So I I don't rate Conor Gallagher to to be a starter for for Chelsea if we're going to play at the top level. No, but what I want to happen is Posh to come in and, and make his own decisions about the players. Therefore, he feels like, you know, it's his squad. That's the squad that he wants. And then, you know, if, mm. if that sort of thing is important to him. I do think Gallagher can have a use coming on as subs in, in games because he's got a lot of energy. Um, but in terms of, you know, him being a, a regular starter for us, I just don't see that being a, being a thing. But, you know, if we, we're, we've got to remember as well, next season we're not in Europe. There's not going to be many opportunities for these no, guys if they're not starters to actually play. Um, so, squad, yeah, player, but yeah, I mean, it sounds like Poch is going to have a thin squad, so maybe not. So, hopefully, if... we don't draw Man City away in the third round of each <laughs> cup. It'll be a short season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I think Bodie might be on the uh, I don't know the League Cup Commission this year. 
throw a little back mm. throw, throw a little have a little word and go can we just get a peterborough or i don't know somebody like that this year again because we usually forget quite um my friend sees me that usually we get quite favorable cup draws but this season it really stung us at the worst time so yeah um just to talk a little bit about the subs yesterday boys i mean uh Chris, I know you were, you're always fuming that Mudrick's not starting, but Madueke and Mudrick came on, they looked pretty good. I just one well, what, I, what I would say very quickly is he used, he used all five subs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, he, can, can, sort of, he can do it. We saw Craig's favourite, Kaladu Koulibaly, make an appearance today. He uh, <laughs> trotted on Koulibaly, Chukwamenka and Pulisic for, for yeah, five and ten minute cameos at the I end. Say, we ended the game with Christian Pulisic at false nine. Karni Chukwenka basically playing a, a deep Ryan six, essentially, CM. And you had Trevor Chalaba left wing back. I mean, if that doesn't sum up the season, I don't know what does. Just a I think Chukwenka's position for Aston Villa when he used to play was basically like a six or an eight. Only right. really under Potter yeah. did he try and right, sort of right. transfer him to this Fair left enough. wing role. I stand corrected. Fair enough. But it's a bit of a mess when... I mean, he, I mean, Lampard did say in his presser afterwards that he he was given a pretty stern question about Carney about because obviously they've stopped Carney going to the under twenty World Cup and there was a joke on a podcast, the uh, Straight Out of Common podcast, that Chelsea is single handedly stopping England's uh, under <laughs> England under twenty uh, uh, tournament because you know they're not letting players go. I mean, would you like to see Carney get a few more minutes in the the game coming up? One of the things I think is important to remember is. The under twenty World Cup's happening at the absolute crunch time of the season. So, you know, say that you get Yeah, we've got a couple really of crunch player. games coming up. No, but you know, my point is the reason that you know, some not, not us, but other clubs are not letting people go, because not just us, is because it's, it's such a strange time. So that's something that's a separate issue, which I think will need to be addressed. But yeah, it's terrible time. There was a quote yesterday that, that I think was taken a bit out of context when you read it. Like Lampard said that I've uh, Carney's uh, I wanted to give him more minutes, but I've got a job to do. And I think he, it was a little bit more about uh, in terms of the World Cup, not that, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm not playing him because I don't like him. So that's just a little bit. If you listen to the press conference, that's a little bit taken out of context. That's a quote that was all over Twitter. Um, I'd, like, I'd like to see him playing. I think, he, I think he played quite well when he was on for 10 minutes. I thought he, yeah. he showed some good characteristics um, on the pitch. He definitely can be useful. Um, I I don't know why we haven't seen any almost nothing of him uh, throughout the whole season. One player was on the bench yesterday. It was it was disgraced. He didn't come on. Like, really bad, really bad. He didn't come on. And that's that's right, David Defana. Just bring yeah, him on for yeah. No one wants to see. No one wants to see Christian Pulisic anytime. Really, we, I, 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 I definitely don't see him in false nine because he got uh, someone that we criticise for a lack of mentality and Kai Havertz up front. He bring Pulisic up top. He didn't even do anything. I mean, he actually did a quite a good cross at the end for. Um, Aspie that uh, I think Phil Foden or somebody blocked and we could have scored, but I don't want to see Christian Pulisic a false nine against City. No thanks. So and, that, and that's yeah. why Phil Foden is in a team that wins the league because in the 90th minute in a nothing yeah. game he's sprinting back to stop a goal going in that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I mean we, we'll talk about it a bit later in the pod. I think, but I think when we preview the games, I think Man United is a really nice game because we have got three games in in a week. So I think there is some nice time for rotation. Some of these players to get minutes, but we'll see who gets it. And Lampard did allude to that. He's been alluding to that for a few weeks. He's actually been saying uh, in that like final week there will be a lot of rotation. So we'll see. Uh, yeah. it, it would be nice to see more of Chico Amenka. I think 
uh, Mudrick and Madueke. And if I can't believe Fafana's not getting any minutes, I think that's mm. absolutely disgraceful. I just, just I think it's criminal, about, yeah. Yeah, I think it's terrible. Just one thing about Frank. It's one win in nine for him. Do you remember when he came in before Wolves? There was a real buzz about it. I, I mean, you know, we knew that there's even some top six shouts or, you know, at least we could maybe really give Real Madrid a go. It's gone as badly as it, as it could have gone, though, you think? Yeah. I mean, it's awful. Really, really poor. And, he's, still, and what, he's, he's really killing his reputation as well, you know, long yeah. term for, for future roles, I think, with these, uh, and it, these it's, team selections. He reminds yeah. me of that. It's like a man standing in the rain. <laughs> he just chucks a bucket of water over himself with his team section. So it's already bad. There's no need to make it worse. You're already drenched. Like, there's no need to make it worse, Frank. And yeah, uh, ever since he I played Angolo Kante in the false nine, he lost me. So it's I been a bit. I, I said about him playing. A bit of a, yeah, go on. I think I said about him playing 5 3 2 last week, um, which, and obviously he turned up with basically that formation in the first half. But I don't understand what his objective is. Is it to, to lose as many games as he can with the most amount of players who are going to be sold? I like, don't know. Really straight. I understand some of the players. Obviously, Lewis Hall, Aspie, fine. We have to play um, Aspie because of injury. So I really don't mind that. And Lewis Hall, you know, getting him a run out, I thought he was actually quite useful yesterday. I thought he was one of the best players in the team. Um, and Mares did nothing in the game. No. He put some really great challenges in early on on him. Um, but why are, why are we seeing nothing of any of the January signings? It's just so strange. And I don't, as I said, I don't know what his objective is with, for, the, for the last sort of eight or nine games that he's had. But he's, he's really, he, he must have realised coming into the, to the, to the club as a fan, he said he was watching Netflix or something in his shorts. Yeah. But he must he, have realised that the, fa- you know, the, the fans want to see the future now. We're, we're, we're almost thinking about next season. But he seems to have some strange ideologies about this season and trying to save to, himself. You have to quench his mentality. Like, he, you know, watching Netflix and his shorts, now he's got to turn back into Mr. Chelsea. And he was asked whether, you know, he's going to be a coach next season. He was like, no way. I think like, I need a break from this club. And it's just... I don't think he was. Right. It was a wrong choice. Yeah. Um, we could have got any other interim, and it would have been better. You could have got, I don't know, not Ashley Cole, but any sort of, you know, even like a Jody Morris, like someone get like that. But anyone but Frank would have been better. Um, just not equipped for it. Potter was untenable. We know that, but um, anyone would have been better. Like a Gus Hiddink, someone like that would have been so much better than if. <laughs> right, so Gus Hiddink's name's been thrown into the hat. I mean, you know, it's bad. I mean, okay, but okay, I did, I, I did. At the time, uh, Lee and Tooney said on their podcast that, like, you know, there wasn't really any other interims around. And the interims, actually, they don't do very well. If you, you even look at the look at the teams that are going down. Leicester, Dean Smith's been terrible. Allardyce has been terrible. Interims, uh, Ragnick last, last year at Man United. The interim is pretty much dying off. It doesn't do very well anymore. Um, he actually usually makes things worse. And it's just made things worse, isn't it? And I don't know who else we could have got, but one win in nine... Four points in, I don't know, I think it's seven league games. Just, just atrocious. It's gone as badly as you could f- think. And, uh, I think I would I have mean, preferred if we, Big if Sam. We lose the next, 
<laughs> if we lose the next two games, which is is likely, I think, I think we're going to be underdogs in both those games. I mean, teams like Wolves and, and West Ham might even finish above us. Like, yeah. what is going on? Like, I, mean, I don't think season, West Ham. I don't think West Ham can. I think it's just Wolves. We can only come thirteenth. Um, no, I think they. Could, well, West Ham. No, can no if goal they, difference. If they win seven nil. <laughs> we're talking about where we're thirteen before. Isn't it? I mean, we we should have, we should. I tell you what, we should have stuck with Bruno. Bruno Salter. That was the last good performance. Liverpool at home. We batted him. We beat him about 4 0 when <laughs> that XG. That was actually the last good performance. Yeah. We beat him about 4 0 when XG. Havertz handballed it in like he likes to do. Um, yeah, like we should have kept in. He, he went. I don't know where he is. He's actually That's probably still... the last time we played like a proper thing. You know, he's still, imp- he's still employed yeah. and paid by Chelsea. All, the, all Potter staff are still employed and paid by Chelsea, by the way. It's a mess. They haven't sorted that out. If you go on the club's website, like Ashley Cole. And Joe Edwards are not on the club's website for coaches. It's a complete mess. This season is a mess behind the scenes. It's a mess. And I get the Lampard's inherited a mess, but you have to say, if you just played 4-3-3 every week and played Mudrick and Medeweke or just did some settled system, surely you would have got a bit more joy out of this team because the chopping and changing, like I said, he's made a bad situation worse for himself, in my opinion. So really, really damaging for Frank for his managerial career. Legend, legend of the club always, but yeah. Yeah, let's uh, let's move on. Let's talk temperatures. Mm. Time to see whose form's on top, who's heating up, whose temperatures dropped, who's been playing well and who's not. It's freezing, warming up, boiling hot. So going first this week. Is going to be, I guess, Brady. Is it you? Right. I went for the first last week, didn't I? Oh, okay, Craig. Yeah, you I'm happy to go first. Yeah, yeah. So in the freezer, very easy one for me is Wesley Fofana. He's, he's, he's really starting to let us down in, in big games. Mm. I, I, thinking back about, you know, even the big games we played, Real Madrid away, I thought he was terrible in that game as well. Obviously gave away the ball that led to the goal yesterday and then just was overall just... I think we, we sort of semi-crowned him at some point this season because he had a few good games in a row, I think three three or four good games in a row. And we were like, wow, what a player we've got for 80 million. But I think the more the season's gone on now, you can see a 22-year-old centre-back, which at that position is very young, very inexperienced, can't afford in, in, in games to give away the ball when City press high like that, you know, sloppy pass. They've got four on three. Very hard to defend that uh, against any team, let alone City. So really, really disappointed with him. His, his maturity level, I think, is showing and some potential cracks in his game as well, where we thought potentially we were buying for 80 million, you know, a ready elite player. And I think you can see that he, he needs coaching and he's got some work to do. Yeah, that, that the goal they got disallowed yesterday, right? He got pushed off the ball, and Gary Neville said, yeah. "I like to see him be a, be a bit stronger than that." Um, and it was a foul, but he just he just he just dived over, and yeah, that I that, don't know, was it a foul? It was very very soft, wasn't it? I think, I think, I think it's a foul, but that that Real Madrid first leg when he got a book in, and he was versus Vinicius, and he was sort of that's broke Wesley Fofana this season. That since then mm. he hasn't been the same. That game, that tie. And like I said before, he was playing well under Potter, and I think he's one of the main players who's really suffered from Grand Potter being sacked because I think he's finding a bit of form. 
you know, he was really good against Dortmund in that tie. He scored the winner against Leeds. Um, and when you get that good feeling under that good manager and they go, I think you're going to be affected and not make an excuse for him. But there's definitely been a before and after. Under Lampard, he hasn't turned up at all. Um, so, yeah. I did, uh, you, know, I, 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 you know, when you guys were giving him player of the half season, I did. I was a bit wary. I didn't. There were lots of problems with his game in the first handful of games that he was playing. Um, I think under Tuchel um, as well. I don't know. So, yeah, he, look, he's, he's still young. He's got a lot to learn. These are all good learning experiences Worrying for him. There, there's another 80 million centre back that Leicester sold as well when he didn't turn out to be very good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's at Maguire's level at all. But, um, yeah, he's no. definitely got, um, he's got a lot of experience he needs to catch up with. And, look, this is, you know, this is something that we need to get on board with. We haven't followed the usual structure and bought 26, 27, 28, 29, 30-year-olds who have been there, done that, won trophies, maybe captain their club, whatever. We've bought 21, 22-year-olds yeah, who haven't really played at the highest level, been in crunch matches at all. So we have to play them, we have to learn. And, you know, I'm not going to begrudge him too much for making mistakes. It's just part of how it goes at this level. But um, hopefully he learns quickly because if he doesn't, he's not going to get in the team. And they're, um, obviously, Colwell's coming back next season. Yeah. Silva will be there. Baddy Shaw will be fit. So, pecking order is going to become quite challenging, competitive. You have to say, the defensive additions that we bought in the summer have been pretty terrible form-wise, haven't they? You're looking at Koulibaly, Fafana and Kukurea. Well, how much did we buy? For, I think we spent £180 million for them. Or, well, where's the, around that area. And you yeah. have not improved the squad at all. You've got, you've got to say that. No. And that's... Yeah. That's 180 million. Looks like it's down a drain at the moment. So we I'm not sure really... down the drain. I'm not. I, I've put them in my freezer. Obviously, we're doing temp checks, and and you know, it's, it's, a, it's an overreaction, yeah. isn't it? But he, he was poor. He was poor. You have got to say that. Well, what I'm saying about down the drain is, you hope that Poch can get a, maybe Koulibaly is going to move on, but with Kukurea and Fafana, you really hope you can get a tune out of them because we spent a lot, a lot of money on them. Massively overpaid for those players. Those are the two players that we massively overpaid for. Uh, Kukurea and Fafana so really hoping that we can get some return on investment in that and get some good performances under Poch because yeah spend a lot of money in them so and I think young. Fafana I think Fafana could this is a bit of a weird weird one but I actually think Fafana could play like DM quite well um, he has quite good attributes to play Grease James so they're no, all because, no because the people who can play DM are usually Caliber as well <laughs> Caliber yeah Caliber because yeah. um because he can um he can read the game quite well he steps in a bit but he reminds me a little bit of David Luiz with the way he steps in he's very he, he almost wants to do it every yeah. time he thinks he can win the well, ball that, that happens a lot at youth level isn't it I don't know if at youth level sometimes you play at midfield and you get you get put in the back that's I mean not not every player at youth level you know what I mean John Obi Mikel was apparently a winger <laughs> and then he went to CM like players get changed around so maybe he, he plays CM a little bit in his youth career um, but. He doesn't look I think like his, a... his passing's quite good. I know it's, it's not always accurate, but his, you know, what he's trying to do is quite good. And, and let's not forget, you know, we've we've had people play centre back like Louise, who who either have been like a one out of ten or a ten out of ten. And and I think that's maybe the case with Fafana. What I would say about him is definitely um, shoulder to shoulder with players and like 
um, strength-wise, that's definitely a huge, huge concern, and I think that needs to be addressed. Well, I would just say, I think under under Potter, I was saying he had a bit of Rudiger about him. He had a little bit of strength, so I'm not sure about that, but like, I think mainly for Fafana, to be honest, I think it's a confidence issue. I think since Potter left, he's struggled, and you know, we've been through, I've, I said this before, I'm repeating myself, we've been through three and a half managers this season. It's not It's not easy for any player. It wouldn't matter if, if Phil Foden went through three and a half managers this season, if anyone, De Bruyne, they wouldn't like it. Their, their performances would dip. And we talk about young players are still settling into the team, settling into London, settling into playing at Cobham. It's difficult. So, I'm obviously about down the drain. I think a lot of these players, you're gonna have to, you have to judge them in January, February next year. March when they've actually had six months under a good manager and had some consistency because the cl- the club have blood on their hands in terms of like making these players unsettled and so let's see that let's see if he's bad in six months then we can talk about something like that but I- I've still got hope for him but yeah he has been really poor recently that's what I'd say oh yeah yeah I'm not I'm not worried about him long term yet yeah good good discussion there on my first uh, hopefully we don't have a discussion that long for uh, for every player but yeah. I mean, for part that is an interesting one for sure. Um, warming up, I'm going our player of the season probably, Thiago Silva. Thought he was yeah. uh, was was pretty good yesterday, but also just in general, I just want to talk about him because his Chelsea career is probably winding down. Um, might end up being our player of the season. Thought he put a great tackle in on Harlan when he came on as well. Yeah, I really yeah, enjoyed yeah, that. Love that. Um, yeah, so I, I just want to talk a little bit about him because. It's been a bit of talk about, oh, is he a Chelsea legend and all this? It's just, I just want to focus on more of, of what a player he's been for us. Don't really want to talk about the, the macro sense of that right now and just, you know, great memories, fantastic person. I love his family get really heavily involved with Chelsea as well. You see them all with their Chelsea shirts on and his wife as well on Instagram. And uh, whatever happens with him, whether he gets he leaves in the summer or whether he stays one more year, I know he's alluded to he is going to stay one more year but we'll, we'll see what happens um, just want to talk about what a fantastic player he's been for us yeah he's a free easily, transfer as well yeah easily one of the best scoops we've we've ever had really I think the best parts of his game are his his ability to kind of read the game and, and make sure that we keep keep possession of the ball it's quite you know you watch a lot of people play football especially in defence, ball gets kicked over and they just sort of head it back out or they hoof it back up the pitch or kick out of play. He always manages to find like our own team when he's just, you know, challenging for the ball, whatever, and helps us retain possession. It's, it sounds really straightforward, but it's such, it's such a skill um, and like awareness that no one really has. And you take it for granted and I'm sure we'll, we'll miss that sort of thing. And it's really noticeable when he's not playing. Exactly, I was that. going to say, you really notice it when, he, when he's not there, yeah. is that, you know, the centre-back that's in, and, and quite often this season it's been Koulibaly, and it'll, it'll be up and he's got a free header, and he sort of just heads it out of play for a throw-in, or he'll, he'll head it to behind someone, or, you know, and you think, wow, well, Thiago Silva, actually, you, you do take him for granted sometimes when he's out there, because he's, he's just so elite. There was actually a moment yesterday as well where he was under pressure on the left-hand side of the pitch. I think maybe Phil Foden was on him or Mares, or I can't remember. And he just fainted the pass and cut inside and then just gave it back to Chalibur. It all just looks effortless for him. And, and yeah, he, yeah, Brady, you wouldn't say something. I just, you say that he was winding down. I mean, he's played nearly 3,000 minutes this year. <laughs> um, he's been one of our main minutes, man. And I think next year, you know, we've, we've, we are stacked to centre-back, like I've said before, and maybe he could play a bit more of a 
sort of come in for some big games like that, but he's just been fantastic. And you can, you can I'm, I don't think his English is amazing, but you can just tell he's got that. There's that, that really nice clip where after the Bournemouth game, he was with Nonamagweke patting him on the chest, telling him that's how you do it. Just like a real, just a leader, fantastic player. And just wish he came to the club when he was younger. Um, but yeah, I, in my eyes, he is, he is a bit of Chelsea legend because... Just winning the Champions League, the way he carries himself, we've never really had a class as classy a centre back as him, and I don't think really. Uh, we've always had different kind of centre backs, like more, he more terribly rough and ready. So, yeah, just a really unique player. I'm just really glad that he got to essentially finish his competitive career of Chelsea and you know win a huge trophy because he deserved it. So yeah, fantastic, fantastic player. And I've been rocking a Thiago Silva shirt out here in Greece today as well, so representing for him. Out in um, Rome. Lastly, <laughs> lastly, uh, it's a it's a ESCR first to, right now. A connection mm-hmm. is going to be my boiling hot. The Enzo Fernandez to Raheem Sterling connection. That is my boiling hot for this week. Yeah, um, very good. It's a connection that I think we can see really, really evolve over the the next year or two. Uh, however long. Sterling ends up staying with us. Hopefully Enzo stays with us for a long time. But um, Enzo was used in a slightly different role yesterday. I thought he was a little bit further forward, more involved in our attacking play when we did get it after that first half an hour. And yeah, I think that that movement that Sterling's got, which is one of his elite attributes, mm-hmm. and the, the long-range passing that Enzo's got, which is one of his elite attributes, something that's going to be an important part of our game if those two play together. And, and yeah, i just love to see that connection blossom um, and, and we're starting to see it already, I think. Yeah, I mean, Sterling's movement's fantastic and it's just good to see Enzo further up because he has been being mis- misused. He's playing that reducer role, basically a bit of straight swap for Jorginho and that's not his role. So we can utilise these players and it's all about utilising these players and like you said, playing them in their position. Like you said last week, if we play Enzo in his position, a bit more advanced eight or somewhere between a six and an eight, I don't think he's like a pure eight, Enzo, personally. Um, but a bit further up the pitch, that would be great. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah, well, I think we've been looking for combinations all season, and that looks to be a good one. Uh, I think he'd be disappointed to finish the season with only two assists. Fernandez, I thought he's played in some some really smart passes. Um, yeah, he did a lovely assist for Felix in the West Ham game. Do you remember that? That was ages ago. But, uh, yeah, but that's what that's where we want to see him on. The, you know, in the pitches, there's those sort of areas, and then obviously you need the movement in the box. And I thought Sterling's movement was really good yesterday, and Disappointing, we couldn't get the the goals at the end of it. Yeah, because he isn't like amazing at tackling anyway. For uh, Fernandez, it's not one of his skills. He isn't really that sort of battler in the midfield. He, he needs someone behind him, and that's why if we could get Declan Rice or Caicedo, that would really fit in well with him. Because um, we were comparing him to like Fabregas on our our ESCR Twitter, but before, and it's, it's not kind of like Fabregas at the moment in terms of his heat map. So yeah, it'd be really good if you can get around the more creative players and just yeah get some creativity going. Well, that's the sort of bit we kind of alluded to last week when I sort of spoke about my frustration towards him was he can do so much more and I feel like he's just, he's, mm-hmm. he's wasting himself as much as he's been wasting the position. Like, he can just take the ball and, you know, play a one-two, you know, get into some areas. I'd like to see him getting in the box a bit more too and Again, getting like a few more the, shots off. This is a problem when you do this Kante advance role. When you play Kante up front, <laughs> or I'm joking, but Kante advance, someone's got to sit behind. That's another limitation of N'Golo Kante in the team because, you know, we need Kante sitting really or deeper. Uh, but I'm not sure if he's going to be as good in that role. So 
if you have if you play Enzo and Kante pivot, then I think then uh, Enzo would be in the the lower part of the the lower part of the pivot, right? So that's something that we're gonna have to sort out in the summer as well. Potch will have to sort out. So something to think about in that in that engine room that we need to address really. Yeah. Definitely a formation tactical issue with the midfield. Yeah. Is that you done, Craig? That's me done. All right. Freezing for me. It's it's another heavy heart one. It's it's, oh, a, no. it's, it's, it's a very relaxing <laughs> one. Again, it's like a, a it's like a good guy getting stabbed at the end of a film. The audience gasps. It's Asper the Quitter. It's, oh. it's, it's a it's a club legend. It, I had to do it yesterday. He was playing against Cole Palmer. It looks like he headlines for a, a local Manchester indie band in his spare time in between the odd game for City. And he was getting ripped apart. Absolutely ripped apart. And I mean, Gary Neville uh, said it yesterday. He reminded of him when he was in, in the latter stage of his career that he was just really struggling. And I love Aspie. This is a freezer with an asterisk. He's got a code to get out whenever he wants, make himself a cup of tea. Give, him, give himself some nice hot dinner and get back in the freezer. But he's in the freezer for his form. Every time he's played recently, he's been atrocious. You know, the own goal against Brentford, uh, there was another game recently, it was awful, and he was, he was not good yesterday. And he just, that Arsenal game, sorry, the Arsenal, the Arsenal game, he was atrocious, wasn't he? Um, for that second goal or the, the third goal that they scored. And just, you know, he, he's just not he just he, we should have moved him on i feel sorry for him because i think he wanted to go last summer and they kept him for a bit of leadership but again that's another mistake i think i think he clearly wanted to move on and he didn't i'm not sure if he'll move on in the summer he'd be better with like a chelsea ambassador keep him off the pitch just every time he's on the pitch at the moment it just makes the team worse so um yeah he's been very 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 poor and yeah. also just offering nothing at the top end of the pitch and no. i just don't think we need to talk much about him we're looking forward to reese james and gusto being the uh the right backs of the of the future for chelsea and, and as for the quitter thanks for the memories one of his best attacking attributes was like maybe like the cutback or he used to do that kind of cross in from like 30 40 yards where he get he hit him around <laughs> yeah yeah he hit, he, he hit him around <laughs> But he hasn't. We haven't got that. He was playing right centre back. He was playing right centre back for Conte. Yeah, doing I mean, that. I, I've said recently that he was a world class right centre back, and in his day, he was. Um, and remember, he, he was in the Champions League final team, wasn't he? If, he, if, I, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, he was right. Yeah. The the, the he, he started against United. Yeah. Um, sorry, right, he, he played. Right, yeah, he started against City at right centre. Yeah. Back. I mean, I mean, he, and he put in an incredible shift. Uh, and you know, we won that game. Fantastic. And the defence won us that game, not the attack. The defence was unbelievable that day. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, I remember having a fantastic game against Wolves earlier in the season when we won three 0 under Potter, and I thought, oh, yeah, he still got it. But since then, I mean, I, he did get a concussion recently against Southampton. Maybe that's affected him. But <laughs> that's, I don't think it has that much. I don't know. Um, I, don't know. I just, I think, if anything, I think he just needs. I think he needs to be on the beach. I think he needs to be in Greece and. I don't know, next year if they keep him, Potch might want to keep him for a bit of leadership, but you've got to keep him off the pitch. I mean, he's third choice right back. I think for him, he should just go to Spain, maybe Barcelona or somebody, maybe a bit lower level um, in Spain, something like that. Maybe like, a, I don't know, Villarreal or something. But, um, you can go to uh, Sociedad. Maybe a good club. Yeah, a, a, a club legend. And this is a form, form thing. But his form recently has been atrocious and I've got to call him out. So him and Kova... Covers out, of, you know. Covers. He's he's subbed in for cover in the freezer. So yeah, another tough one. Another tough one. Warming up. 
I'm going to go for a player that apparently me and me and Chris hate. Apparently, <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be Ruben Loftus Cheek. <laughs> He's been linked away with uh, on our ES, on our ESDR Twitter, which has got 600 followers now. So I hope if you follow us at Eat Sleep Chelsea, we try and get 750 followers by the end of the season. That could be good. Um, but we said recently that um, it was a tragedy that he that in New England that that injury that he got, and we because you never know the player that he could have been. And I know, Chris, you know, we, you, you, you put in a WhatsApp last night, like, you know, Loftus Cheek, look what he can do. If you look at that move, he can glide past players in the middle part of the pitch. Fantastic. But at the end, he doesn't quite have it. And that showed me stats yesterday 24 out of 26 accurate passes, six out of seven ground draw ones, two out of three successful dribbles, but no shots. And so mm. that's, that's, what, that's what Ruben's career is now. He's, he's a midfield maestro in the middle, he can body players off. But when he gets to the final end of the pitch, he gets a nosebleed. But he's played really well yesterday in that middle part of the pitch. That's what he's good at. Maybe that's what um, you know, Milan are looking for. They've got that guy Tonali, who's kind of a similar player in the middle. Don't think he does too much at the other end of the pitch, but really good in the, in the middle 60, 60 metres of the pitch. And you have to say he performed really well yesterday. And I don't know if he was maybe shown to Milan that, uh, you know, put his price tag, price tag up a little bit or get his wages up a little bit for his move. It looks like he's off. I think that would be a good move for him and, and Chelsea as a club in a summer that we need to offload. But I was impressed by his performance, but I think it really encapsulated the player he is now. Just could have been so much more. And I think it's a, it's a bit of a tragedy, to be honest, that he got that injury because he was looking unbelievable under Sarri, linking up with Hazard and getting in the World Cup squad and feel really sorry for him what happened in his career. So, But he's warming up for me this week. Love you. What do you think? Um... Yeah, I thought he, he played quite well yesterday. He had a lot of space. It's important for him, I think, to play in maybe a counter-attacking team where he can he can do that. That's sort of his his great strengths. But yeah, to to end the season with um one assist. Um yeah, it was he had eighteen starts in the Premier League. He's going to end the season in a sort of similar area with, with less expected goals and expected assists than Kaladu Koulibaly. That's what um, I mean. I think, I think that sort of sums him up, really. So expecting a lot more from Ruben. I think he, 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 he never, you know, when he gets up the pitch, steams through, plays the ball out wide, he needs to have the mentality then to trust the people behind him and get in the box and offer yeah. something different and be a, a bulldozer, a you know, a force in the box. They don't yeah. see it. He just pulls up the handbrake and he he stops. He wants to get the ball in the edge of the area. He wants to ro- recycle it to the wings. That's, that's, you know, we've got a million people who can do that. That's not, that's not what we're looking for. Do you not think it's a mentality issue, though? Sorry? So you think it's a mentality issue? You don't think yeah, it's a tactical issue? Think, you, you think, think yeah. he's, he's asked to get into the box, but then he just doesn't do it? I'd rather he disobeys the tactics if that's what it right, is. There's he's, so many times I've seen it. There's he's not so listening to times. Lampard to the nth degree, is he? It's like as soon as you see the 18-yard box, you know, hit the brakes. Like, all you know, take a risk. I think it is important. Take a risk. To listen. Well, we need to score. It's important a lot to listen to the tactic, uh, tactical advice of your of your manager. I mean, that's in general <laughs> considered to be good good thing to do. <laughs> I don't think we need Enzo Fernandez and Ruben Loftus Cheek standing on the edge of the box. We're not going to score. And also, I think Enzo that, was actually getting in the box a bit yesterday. Yeah, good. I think he's got the mentality. I think he's got the ability of an eight or a ten, but now the mentality of a six. And like Craig says, that might have been drilled into him tactically. To be fair, 
but it's something that you can't break out of. If there's, there's a spot yesterday where he could have definitely took a shot, he had loads of space, and it set up quite well for him. He goes, no, just, just lay it off. He just gets there, and he goes, right, he's a, bit, he's a little bit like Kovacic. You get, mm. you, you, he'll break through the lines, he'll get there and go, right, you take it now, I'm going to recede. Like, I'm not going to uh, go for it. Not that, not that Kovacic can bang it to a corner, I'm not saying he can. But yeah, I was going to say, I kind of like, like that about Kovacic, is that he gives it to yeah, the exactly The, the difference is, though, is that with Ruben, he can, bo- he ba- he can bang it to a corner. I mean, look at that Crystal Palace goal last, um, the other season against uh, in the uh, FA Cup semi-final. Look at the goal. The other season, that, it was like three years ago, but yeah. I, yeah, I but think, like, okay, but like, he's shown under Sari that like he can score wonderful goals and can is an attacking yeah, player. That Sari season when he was played consistently as sort of the the, the forward thinking of the three in, in centre mid, I think that suited him really, really well where he yeah. sort of played the hybrid sort of I eight think, ten I, role. I think it, every either, week he knew what his role was. I think he gets a little bit like he's happy when he's in the team a bit and he doesn't want to mess up maybe not so much now but I think definitely under Tuchel when he was in a team under Tuchel he played it safe he didn't want to make a mistake and I, you know Tuchel said that you reminded him a little bit of Michael Ballack um, and he has got that about him but just, if he had that end product he'd be unbelievable and honestly I hope he finds it for AC Milan and like, maybe he gets a bit more confidence a bit more time on the ball maybe a bit, bit less pressure not being, not being at the club that he's boyhood club anymore maybe something I'll look for him but yeah I thought he was really all good. I say, all I say is, was it? He's had nine shots this season in the league. Yes. So yeah. Trevor Chalabas had eight. Aspilicueta's had eight. You've got to remember eight. where he's playing as well. Yeah, but know, where are these guys playing? Been playing <laughs> right wing back. Well, Chalabas probably a lot of his shots are from set pieces. Yeah, but Craig, like Enzo's Guardiola, had seventeen. How many games has he played? Guardiola encourages all these players to shoot. John Stones has a shot sometimes. Diaz has a shot sometimes. Um, yeah. Rodri has it. Look at Rodri. <laughs> Rodri bangs them in. I'm not saying that, but, like... The City I, have 75% possession every game and they're, they're parts yeah. in the opposition half. I just think... I mean, not... I, mean I, I, do, I do think you guys are uh, pretty harsh on, on Ruben. I, I thought he had a really good game yesterday. Obviously, why he's in your warming up I think that's the issue. And I think that's the issue just for me. Him as is... well. But, but it, his attributes don't uh, aren't Used I'm not being harsh. In, I, just, I'm not being harsh. I think he's an unbelievably talented player. And I yeah, just exactly. Don't, I think a mentality. So I, I think I'm actually not. Be, I'm being anti-harsh. Like I think he's like possibly world class. Like I think he's a wonderful player. But he just hasn't. Something happened to him with the injury and stuff like that. It means that he just can't reach his potential. It's really sad. I'm not harsh. Yeah. Enough. I think he's a bit. This is I what I'm saying about Kovacic as well. I, I think know, he could have been one of the best Cobham graduates ever. Honestly, yeah. I think he's brilliant. He has all the ability to be absolutely fantastic and be yeah. really impressive. And he just doesn't want to, he either doesn't want to do it because whatever tactical, I don't, I don't buy into that. His is him. You know, he doesn't want to be that player for us. You, you Why doesn't he take the opportunity it. now and just like, you know, I want to see him really take control of the games, push us forward, one or two, one, two, have a shot. You know, where is that guy? Like Conor Gallagher, like, you know, he's much more gifted than Conor Gallagher, you would say. But Conor Gallagher's just got more confidence. He's just got more uh, tenacity about him. He's, I mean, he hasn't had a big injury affair, but he's just got a bit more go about him. Ruben, yeah. he, he just hasn't, he just, just gets the, and, uh, you know, we've said it before, just hasn't got, it's just a shame. And I really do wish him well for the future. So it's warming up for me this week. Um, boiling hot, it's, it's Lewis Hall. Uh, nice. It was a story of, it was a, you know, two tails, two different tails. And the right wing back, it was absolutely freezing Antarctica. Uh, in the Aspie section, and then it was uh, 
Well, how hot is it in Greece? Pretty hot out there, is it, boys? I've born in hot out in Greece, and uh, Lewis Hall was, uh, yeah, he's twenty-one out of twenty-five uh, accurate passes, two two chances created, one big chance created, and two shots. So that's about twenty percent of the shots that Ruben Cheeks had this season. But eighty percent tackles and four recoveries, and six out of eight ground jewels won. So all-round great performance, put in a really good shift. Um, I re-ed Maros in my FBL team and he didn't have a sniff, you know. <laughs> so he, he, he got an assist for a goal that was disallowed, but other than that, he did nothing. Lampard said he put a great shift in. And this is an 18-year-old, you know, under 23, un, under 20 common uh, Chelsea player that usually plays the midfielder, playing at left wing back against um, Man City. Really good experience for him. And like I said the other week, this is why you want to play these players in big games. That gave him so much confidence that game. Going forward, yeah. like okay, yeah, uh, City were on the beach and they played a weakened weakened team, but yeah, still to go to the Etihad in front of that baying crowd and play really well and keep one of the best wide forwards in the world quiet was really, really good. So really happy for him. So he's boiling hot this week, Lewis Hall. Fantastic player, um, really great performance, and this is what I'm talking about. This is why we want to see these guys. You know, he wasn't that great last week. But, you know, he, he starts again, gets another opportunity and he, he writes his wrongs and he, he, he definitely kept Mares quiet. He, he only had one shot in the game, Mares. Um, yeah. He did nothing, basically. And Lewis Hall put some really fantastic tackles in him early, let him know. Um, they didn't want to go down that side. They obviously probably targeted Aspie as well from a tactical point of view, which is obvious. Um, but, you know, what you'd say about Lewis Hall was this is, as you said, you know, he, he played a really, really poor game at Anfield. I don't think he played again until sort of recently with that we've picked up the new two injuries. And it's nice to see him getting some game time. This is huge experience for him. Huge opportunity for him in the next two games as well to get some more experience going to Old Trafford, playing against a really um, well-drilled Newcastle team as well. So um, this is what it's all about. And, you know, for 18, I think we can, we can, we can see that there's a lot of potential there as well. I think he's really great on the ball. Intelligent wants to be um, forward thinking as well. He's not happy to stand at the back and do the basics. He wants to influence the game, putting some really great crosses again. Um, and a brilliant cross for Conor Gallagher, really whipped it in. And yeah. he could have scored as well. He had some, you know, two shots on target. So I'm really impressed. And this is what you want to see from players in the team is taking it as an opportunity and really, you know, trying to influence and affect the game. And I'm really happy for him. Yeah, really good. Really good experience for him. Uh, should we move on? Qu- Quick, you go to yours, mate. I'll do mine, yeah. Uh, you've taken a few of mine um, already. Um, <laughs> I was going to put... A, uh, always an issue with not being the last. <laughs> I, I was going to put Kai Havertz in the freezer because... He's just absolutely appalling. But he's, he's been in there already. He's been in there for, for he's months. On, he's, 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 he's got like a, a, a yearly pass, mate. He's already there. <laughs> the, the one thing I'll say about it, one thing I'll say about him yesterday was he was just getting in the way. Like, I kind of wish he just got out of the way. <laughs> Get like, out of the way, guy. <laughs> it's like, he just goes stand at the back or something. He's just getting in the way. We're trying to score, mate. I don't like to be this guy. Lampard yeah. puts his number up. He, he just puts up Kai's number and then he just trots off. And who's coming on? It's a, no, no one. Just just get out of the way. Kai. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I, I don't like when plays body language and all that. And sometimes when pundits say body language, it doesn't really matter. But his body language sometimes is so bad. It's just, 
I don't know. He's just got this sort of way. Of, I don't think he even means it. he's got this sort of way about him. That's just quite annoying in terms of just sort of like moany and just. I don't know. Just. I think he's a bit over it. I think it was reported from the German newspaper Bild. He's not very happy at the club, and I don't know. But there's re- mixed reports. But I have to wait and see. He could. Look, Poch could improve him, but like I said before, going to struggle to get in the team of all in the wide areas, especially if Mount stays with Nkuku coming in. If we get a striker. He won't be putting false nine anymore. Where are you going to play him? So he scores every week for Leipzig. Nkuku. <laughs> yeah, I tell you yeah. what, Nkuku looks about ten times the player that Havertz does. Um, it's with drive, yeah. mentality, yeah, danger. Who was that Bundesliga tax boys? Like, there's been Leipzig videos that have led me astray before. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm not trusting anything until he gets on the pitch and starts he, playing. He looks, just doesn't look for someone who you know. Look, look, I'll give him his due. He does press well. But for, he doesn't really show much athleticism, even when he's running. Like he kind of, he kind of just moves, floats about the pitch. But um, yeah, eighty-four minutes yesterday, what a complete waste of time that was. Bit of an Eskimo, anyway. He's always in the cold, isn't he? Just permanently in freezing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I really hope for Farner plays on Thursday. Just please, please let him play. Um, warming up for me. I guess I was going to, um, I probably would have gone for um, Lewis Hall, but I'll stick Enzo in there. I thought he was great. Um, yeah. Really important performance for us. Showed a bit of grit, showed some great passing, unlucky to not to get an assist. Um, and yeah, just really impressive. Nice. I didn't really Happy have a boiling heart. Um, well, there was a fight you could have yeah, put a boiling heart. very good, but you won't do it, will you, after last week? Oh, Sterling. Yeah. <laughs> Sterling. Do you know what? Sterling would have been boiling hot if he'd scored. Yeah. You can, yeah. I can't put him boiling hot because he missed two one-on-ones. And I mean, it was really... He misplaced the pass for Havertz to score. Uh, Sterling, he's, he looks wonderful. And then he just... He didn't miss... I mean, he one-on-one. I think the keeper actually made a really good save with his... Um, his left yeah. leg, but it, kind of dragging leg. That all take was a good keeper. Actually, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a bad finish, that's for sure, anyway. I think um, if, if Alvarez was there, maybe he would have... And Edison is not... Edison well, maybe if Kepa was in goal, actually, he would have scored as well. <laughs> Edison, again, we did, we, he escaped the freezer, by the way, for all three of us. He was close to being in my freezer, with his little T-Rex arms, couldn't get to Alvarez's shot. It was right in the centre yeah, of the goal. Yeah, so frustrating. <laughs> Anyway, let's not let's not talk about it. Ortega, Ortega's a good keeper. They've got two good keepers, City, and we've got zero. Just, they've got two good strikers. I was saying to Chris yesterday, uh, I to Chris yesterday we, we should put the City on the pressure for some of these guys that aren't going to get any minutes. Alvarez next season, not going to get minutes in the big games because Harlan's going to play every... Like, Pep's already shown he's going to play. Calvin Phillips, another one. He's barely played this season, no minutes. Yeah. Like he's, He was starting for England two years ago. Let, let's have a... Let's have a put, City under pressure for him. What about Ortega as well? He looks like a great keeper. Um, you know, I know he's 30 years old, but you know, he's got a chance to to come in and be our best goalkeeper. Why don't we put City under some pressure for him as well? Um, Cole um, Palmer down that left hand side that left hand side, you know, we've got Grealish there, Phil Foden yeah. there. When's he gonna play, get any minutes? He's twenty one already. City have got to get under pressure for these guys. When we don't play anyone, eighteen, nineteen, they wanna leave. Where why don't City get put under any pressure for these guys? I think the wages are probably quite high, maybe at that age still. They're in the league every year, mate. <laughs> yeah, and they're just pocketing trophies. As soon as they nothing. start losing games, you know, I really think City squad is quite thin and they obviously supplement it with uh, 
with younger players as well. But but I, I do think some of these squad players that deserve to that like I said, Alvarez would be our best striker by a mile if he played for us. Um and, and the same with Ortega would be our best goalie. So I, I definitely think, you know, these players should be uh should be at least talked about at the at the board level. Yeah, it's true. Definitely. Right, shall we we've got to move on. We've got some games coming up, haven't we? Let's look ahead. We've got two games this week. Can you believe it? How lucky is that? Yeah. To watch Chelsea twice more. Fantastic. Well, Craig and Chris um, are on the beach, so we've got to preview both at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we probably won't have time to get another pod out in between no. the games. It's too quick. Too but many games in a week. Let's, let's start um, at a ground which is really, really bad for us, which is Old Trafford. Yeah. Um, we haven't won there. Since the 2012-2013 season in the Premier League, oh, this last night I couldn't believe it. Really bad. Do you know? Do you know who scored that day? I think it was one matter. Yeah, it was one matter. What a player! What a player. He, he, talk about underrated. He was unbelievable. One matter. Brilliant. Fantastic. Best, best first touch I've ever seen oh, in my life. As a season, he, as a season he got. Lo- I can't remember what season he was. He got like loads of assists, loads of goals. Oh, it's brilliant. Fantastic. Anyway. Yeah, so um, that was the last time we ten we won years. Ten years. We've actually only won twice in the last uh, sixteen years. Um, which, so since the twenty six two thousand six oh seven season, we've only won twice at Old Trafford in the league. Do you know the other time? It's probably quite a famous game in our history. Was it actually, scored. Uh, yeah, it was one drop scored. Yeah, although. Yeah. Oh was, yeah, uh, we we beat we beat them to win the to go ahead in the league or like right at the end yeah. of the season actually wasn't it? Yeah, he was offside I think actually. <laughs> so like whenever doesn't matter. No, no VAR. <laughs> oh, right, oh, right, oh right, it's no VAR. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, not not our best record. United's home record this season is actually fantastic. They only lost to Brighton at home. It's only lost of the whole season. And um, guess who's manager for Brighton? Yeah, Graham <laughs> Potter. Uh, as the only person to beat Manchester United at Old Trafford this season got, in the league. They've got an unbelievable stat. Do you know how many goals they've conceded in 17 home games, league games this year? 17 home league games. How many have they conceded, do you think? Must be about 10. Go on, go on, Craig. What do you think? 10, what? I said, I said four. Eight. Eight goals. That's it. Mm. It's wild, got, isn't it? You said that they haven't got a good defence, Chris. They're chalk and cheese. Away from home, they let a lot oh, Away in. from home, they're diabolical. But at home, I mean, David De Gea undercover has got the uh, golden glove this evening as well. He's got the most clean sheets. Um, yeah, they're unbelievable at home in terms of clean sheets. And, uh, you know, they beat Liverpool at home. They beat City at home. They beat Arsenal at home. So, yeah, it's not looking great. Yeah, our, uh, our away record is not so clever. We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> We've we got two, <laughs> two wins in our last 13 away from home. I'm starting to see uh, some stars align personally. It's like, West United's home form is incredible and Chelsea's away <laughs> form is absolutely <laughs> dreadful. This is a game yeah. I think we could see We could see heavy rotation. I think this is a game you might see. Mudrick, I think you get, you might get the 4-3-3 four, the four, and just get the Mudrick Madueke going on. Maybe some Carney Why minutes. Don't we, we could replace this section actually and just re, we'll just re... Uh, put out last week's preview and be like, <laughs> yeah, we could see Mudrick actually and Madweke at the wing and we, we could see Carney yeah, get some minutes. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we do have a... 
you want you want to play a strong he, what he sees as a strong team for the last league game of the season at home. So he'll probably maybe take a few more risks this, against this United team. Maybe a bit of bit of a shot. I've got some predictions. Go Conor on. Gallagher is going to start. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, my other prediction is Hakim Ziyech to get started. Yeah, I think that would really wind everyone up enough. Oh, that, that, that would bang that would <laughs> Chris over the edge. I actually think it could be Ziyech Pulisic on the wings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, Ziyech on the right wing, Pulisic at false nine, and then Conor Gallagher at left wing. Oh, that would be brutal, please. I, I, I can just see Chris, you know, sitting on a Greek beach, just throwing his pint of mythos or Greek beer all over the... All over when he sees Pulisic the <laughs> starting it. We, we really promised this guy at the, at the at the group bar that we come back to a spot because he's so hospitable and so incredible. Like everyone is, to be fair, and Chris, they've been so lovely. Um, and he gave us four free half pints at the end because he said he ordered a, a taxi and it was going to be ten minutes. So he gave us <laughs> four free beers. <laughs> oh, thanks right. very much. So I said we, we we come back anyway and watch the game there. But yeah, we might see that starting lineup and uh, decide to decide against it. Yeah. yeah, I think it would be nice to see. I mean, for me, it would be nice to see Fafana. It would be nice to see Madrid and Madueke start. I think that would be important for us. Um, I, th- I assume Mendy might come back in as well. Um, uh, I, think, I, think, I think Mendy's done. I think that's and done. I think Kula, Kula Bali might might play as well. I think Mendy had his little run out, and that's that. I think. Um, and Lampard said actually in that press release, you know, I wanted to give him a game. So I think that's it. Uh, <laughs> I think I think we'll see Kepler in the season. Yeah, it could be one where we see some rotation. You could definitely see a Pulisic start. Um, I don't see I don't see Fafana starting. I see Fafana maybe getting twenty minutes and maybe Carney getting thirty forty minutes. Could see Sterling rested for Mudrick, I think. Um, but yeah, I don't know. You know, United have still got something to play for. They still, I mean, unless Newcastle lose tonight. Um, or draw against Leicester tonight. We'll call this on a Monday, which is unlikely. They'll still need a point for cha- they still need a point for Champions League qualification. So they've still actually got something to play for. And yeah, it's really we're so we're so poor at Old Trafford. Every yeah. time I go there, I'm just like, please turn up. And actually, for the first time, it'd be nice if we did turn up because it would be kind of wasted, really, this season. But it would be still nice to get a win there. I think it'd be. They, as you said, they need one. Po- their man Newcastle just need one more point to get top four. Yeah. So it'd be nice to just try and spoil their 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 party because I assume this is their last home game as well. United. Yeah. Um, oh no, sorry, they have a fi- their final day is a a home game against Fulham. So um, we won't be spoiling that. But it'd be nice to just make them sweat for the point. <laughs> what about some predictions, boys? Nil nil. I'll me. go. I'm yeah. going to go 1-0 United. Yeah, 1-0 United. That sounds good. I'm, yeah. I'm the optimist here that 0-0. Brilliant. Well, it's going to be a, it's going to be an X-0. <laughs> I can't see a goal. <laughs> <laughs> well, if Ziyech and Pulisic are up front, yeah, then right, I... I don't know. Maybe we'll, I don't know. Even that game on the Tuchel, remember uh, when Alonso scored? We could have scored about 10. And we, we barely scored one. We just don't seem to be able to get it done at Old Trafford. So, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, well, we've got another game as well. <laughs> we've, got, we've got Newcastle at home, which is our final match of the season. Thank yeah. goodness for that. Um, we can on well, Sunday we... on Sunday evening we can finally start 
thinking about summer transfers. Yeah. Uh, we can finally get some people off the books. But um, we've actually beaten Newcastle um, pretty much every year since the 2011-2012 season. They weren't in the Premier League for the 2016-2017 season, but we've actually beaten them um, every season from then on. So uh, it's been quite an impressive record at home to Newcastle. Uh, Kai Havertz got the, the winner last time out in the yeah. very dying embers of the game. Um, but I think it's going to be a, a completely different Newcastle team that are going to turn yeah. up this season than we've ever seen before. This is the team with the third best away record in the league. Um, they are looking very, very dominant in a lot of the games that they've played. Um, slightly um, not not smashing it away from home recently, only one win in the last three. Um, but they score a lot of goals. They score a lot of goals. So it's going to be a very challenging game for us to, to A, keep a clean sheet and B, obviously trying to score some, some of the goals ourselves. What do you think? Yeah, I said last week they're not that good away from home. And then you look, they've got, <laughs> they've got the third best away their best away record. They're they're kind of draw merchants away. They're, they've 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 drew seven uh, seven out of their eighteen games. So I think this match could definitely be a draw. It's a game where probably they're going to be on the beach. To be honest, I think they will have Champions League top locked up by then. Um, I think they're, 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 so yeah, they're playing Leicester tonight at time I think of if recording. They, if they beat Leicester tonight, they're this, or they get they, a point. they just need a point. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah so I, think, right. I think I think Leicester. I mean, unless they really turn it around. Uh, I can't see them getting a point up at Newcastle, but or, or beating Newcastle. Sorry, um, I think this is a game we could actually could actually win or draw. To be honest, I think Newcastle will be you know like I said on the beach. We'll need to win. I could just see Lampard. It's just classic Lampard. Just uh, say it every week and it doesn't come. Maybe he'll just get a performance and just get the send off that he wants. And because if we lose, it will probably be the most pathetic and saddest lap of honour in the in the history of in the Chelsea history. I think. Um, if you think about last year, remember we had that Watford at home game where it was a, it was a pause and we were there was um, Bowley just come in, but you had Tuchel and he was like dod, you know donning his cap to the fans and they were all singing his name. You had that unity in the club. You had we'd have been to two cup finals and just lost so much unity going forward. What a difference a year makes. Um, I mean, some of these players won't be getting clapped. I mean, if we get spanked by Newcastle two three nil. A lot of the a lot of the fans will just leave, you know, and it's a little bit. Uh, like the, I agree. And a, a, a lot of the a lot, it's like a little bit like the Tottenham one the other day where they lost three one to Brentford. Just the players won't even want to come out and bring their kids out and all that sort of like, nice atmosphere. They won't want to do it. They, they'll, they'll be embarrassed. So it could. It, we really need a good performance on the last day because just something to hold on to until the summer uh, for next season. Because yeah, we'd have the new manager, but I think a bit of positivity from this season. So. Yeah, I hope I hope we really don't get battered because that that lap of honour will be. I mean, no one will be there to hear Player of the Year. I put it that way. <laughs> uh, yeah, it could, could be a bit not not ugly, but sad. I guess I'd say. Hope you got your votes in. Yeah, I got my vote in. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go over the awards next week in our in our next yeah, pod. We've got, our, we've got our ESCR uh, awards, haven't we? Yeah. You got your seat ready. <laughs> the nominations have been set. <laughs> I've got my seat ready. Got my tux. Anyway. <laughs> well, we have to should be up. up nice video podcast. Actually, you should all turn <laughs> yeah. on your tux. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah. 
Anyway, score predictions for for Newcastle at home last game. What are we going to go? I'm going to go to... I've got a feeling about this game. I'm 2-1 Chelsea. I think we're going to win this game. I don't know why. I think, we, I think Newcastle's wow. be on the beach. I think we just win this game. I'm going nil-nil. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go two... No, sorry. I'm going to go 1-0 Chelsea. Oh. Wow. I think Newcastle might play we'll a weekend team. A couple of wins predicted. I think, I think I... Newcastle might play a weekend team. I think they'll win tonight. And I think they'll, they'll rotate heavily. What's their weekend team like? St. Maximan, like... Wilson and Almiron or something up top? Is that their <laughs> second I think their midfield doesn't have we the depth, see, does it? We could, we could see AG10, Craig's favourite, Anthony Gordon. Oh, yeah. That's oh, good. yeah. My favourite is the quickest player in the Premier League. Just want a caveat. No, if, Newcastle, if Newcastle lose oh, second, tonight... Second. If Newcastle lose tonight and they need points, I think they'll come and they'll destroy us. But um, yeah, I think very likely they'll be on the beach. Um, and I just think, you know, long trip down to London. They haven't really got a big mentality. They haven't got a big mentality to win the game. It's kind of a nothing game for them. We need a bit of a boost. Maybe just mentality-wise, we can get over the line. That's the only reason, really. But uh, let's see. All right. So quiz time. It's time for the quiz. Questions about the blues, so you don't lose the beat. A few clues, correct answers only. It is what it is. It's time for the ESCR quiz. I tell you what, this quiz this week, it's a little bit quiz, a little bit Chelsea nostalgia, because I actually. I've actually remembered that this, the last time, do you know the last time that Chelsea finished 12 or worse than the league was? Probably don't. Do you want to have a guess at the year? Was I born? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah Premiership. Premiership. Premier oh. League, sorry. I'll say Premiership. Premier League. Premier League era. Not so probably like early, early 90s, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you needed a, it was 93, 94. Uh, yes. It was the year that we got to the, uh, the FA Cup final. Uh, against United, it didn't go too well. I remember crying on that game. Um, but Same. I remember going to the game before that, and you know, I think I was about, I think I was seven at the time, and I was just getting into Chelsea. You know, when I first went to Chelsea, I like you know not be that interested, maybe less like be a bit scared of it. But I was getting into it. I remember this game. We on the final day of the season on May the seventh, nineteen ninety four, we played Sheffield United, and uh, does anyone know the score that day? Remember this game? I don't. Do now. We won 3-2 that day, yeah? And we actually sent them down in the last minute. So the uh, goal, we scored, we sent them down. I remember the Sheffield United fans really crying on the way out when you go out um, in the exit. And I thought, and I really connected to that because I was like, I've really started to care as well. And I really got emotional about the FA Cup final after. This is that's a bit like Chelsea Nostalgia's game. I always remember this game as like the first game where I thought, I really connected to this club, really care about it. So... The blades blunt. The blades blunted. <laughs> nice, very nice, Chris. Very nice. <laughs> Not sure whether we should cut that up to you. You the editor. Right. <laughs> I'll, I'll anyway. vote for it being cut. <laughs> yeah, the, the blades cut. <laughs> anyway, uh, um, so it's a classic. Yeah, definitely cut that. Ninety ninety three. Ninety four. Can you name the team? That so, relegated Sheffield United? No, the Chelsea team, not the Sheffield United. Oh, right. <laughs> no, so, no, it was in the team that relegated Sheffield yeah, United. Yeah, yeah, the team that relegated Sheffield United <laughs> that year. 
Yeah. The blunt well, usually the, the quiz. It's thrown me a bit because usually the quiz is somewhat related to the games that we're playing. No, okay, no, this sorry, quiz sorry, is, sorry, it's related. It's related because this was the last game of the season, so it's the last That's game. Oh, okay, yeah. That's the yeah, sorry, it's a tenuous link. Yeah, sorry, there's a link. No, it's not tenuous. We're not playing Sheffield United. <laughs> it's the last game of the season. It's and it's the last time we finish this badly in the league. It's not tenuous. Sheffield <laughs> United are back in the Premier League next season. Should've, it's should've a great league. It's a fantastic thing. Don't don't get on my links, all right? I've had enough, <laughs> stick, I've had enough stick about the quiz this year. Tell you. So this is the game before the FA Cup final. Yeah. Three nights before, yeah. And so, so were we resting players for the FA Cup no, final? No, no, really. Were we playing for something? Got a strong team. Do you remember who was manager? Um, manager was Glenn Hoddle, player oh, manager. Right? Yeah, player manager. Right, so can you name the team? We played 4-4-2 four, 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 that day. Just Dimitri Kareen. Dimitri Kareen. Ding. That's yes. one. Yes. Love that. Mr. Jogging Bottoms himself. <laughs> um, I think I had a goalkeeper. This, really this is really going back. So I, I'm, we, we, I'm not going to go through it logically with position by position. I'm going to just pick players that pop yeah, into my head. Players, you think? Uh, yeah. Go I'm, I'm going Gavin Peacock. Well done. Gavin Peacock. Uh, he actually, in his later life, turned into a preacher in America. So, hope we've been putting a few oh, prayers. In hope we've been putting a few prayers in for Chelsea this year because we need them anyway. Next player, <laughs> obviously not. Right, yeah, clear, um, clear Dennis Wise. Sorry, Dennis, Dennis Wise. Yeah, ding. Of course. Why is he? Why is he? It's John Spencer in this team. Oh, well done, the little Scotsman himself. Ding. Well done, Chris. John Spencer. So um, three I'm down, four down, eight to go. We'll do subs Parker. as well. There's one sub that came on. We'll do that later. Parker? No. There's um, one defender. If you, get it. If, you, if you get one of the defenders, I'll, I'll, we'll go into the game on Sunday. The first round's on me, if you get this one. There's one wow, that you want. Wow, if, if you get it without a clue, or even, yeah, like, yeah, you'll never get it. So there's, <laughs> there's great. Uh, furiously Googling it now. Two parts of cold magery on me if you get it. But you might, anyway, there's, 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 um, you've got the whole defence, two midfielders, and the striker left. Uh, Steve Clark. Well done, Stevie Clark, Scottish right back. Lovely. Yes. You want uh, Danny with... Granville. Right, there, Danny there was a player recently, he was in the midfield, he was in the answer recently, he scored in the FA Cup final in 97. Eddie Newton. Eddie Newton. <laughs> Steady Eddie Newton. Um, and there's another Scotsman in the midfield. Craig Burley. Craig Burley. Yeah, a bit of an annoying pundit now, I'd say Craig Burley. Anyway, but yeah, he's, he's, a, <laughs> he's, a, he's a clickbait pundit. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I think he's, he's an ESPN or something. ESPN, sorry. ESPN, yeah. Looking for, the, looking for the controversial takes. Him and Robbie Earl um, looking for the clickbait. Anyway. Uh, so what are we missing here? Two centre backs well, and a left back. Uh, three, def three defenders. Two. They're actually three centre backs. Actually, I think one of them must have been playing a sort of uh, left back that day. But you wouldn't. Yeah. Is Andy Myers? No, good shot. No, good uh, shot. Erlen Johnson. Well done, Erlen Johnson. Oh, it's going to go Erlen. We're still missing a striker, by the way. Oh. He scored two goals. He actually, he's he's oh, a Mark player. Steen. Mark Steen. Mark, Mark Steen. Steen. Yeah. Nice. So uh, in terms of game state, 
we were one nil down. They scored a goal by Justin Flo, the the, the Sheffield United legend. <laughs> and then a play you haven't named yet, equalised. And then Glenn Helges put them back in front two minutes later. And then Mark Steen broke their hearts with two goals in 15 minutes to go in the last minute. Wow. Very yeah. good. So you're missing two defenders. That's it. One is... Two centre-backs. One's a bit of a Chelsea legend. I think he kind of works with Chelsea TVs around the club. A bit of a character. Jason Cundy? Mm, yeah. No. N- yeah. I think he. I think they. Those two hugged when Chelsea won the Champions League in the studio. I remember. He played for the club. Kind of a Michael Drewbury type. That sort of uh, status as a player. Good player in the nineties. Played well. Go on, Chris. And get one, surely. Londoner. I've got a few already, mate. He played hundred sixty nine. <laughs> he played one hundred sixty nine games for the club. Went on to play for Leicester. I'm blanking on this. Ken Moncal? No. <laughs> no. I'll, I'll, I'll get this in a second. He played the between other, 1990 the other... and 1998 for Chelsea. He won both FA Cups. Sorry, he didn't win. Won, sorry, he won the FA Cup in 97. Not both. We didn't win in 94. Londoner. He's a bit... He's a bit of... He's, he's, on, he's on social media. Chelsea. I think he's on TV a bit. Frank Sinclair. Frank Sinclair. Well done. Yeah. Uh, now, yeah. This one. So he was playing fullback. Yeah. Uh, Steve David, Clark, David no, Steve Lee. Clark, Steve Clark will be fullback. No. He'll, He'll be, be right back. back, and I think maybe Stevie can't play left back that day maybe I don't know yeah yeah and then Stevie play right back okay I've got a lot of stick I've got a lot of stick for not getting any which isn't true Frank Sinclair I'll take that well done mate David Lee this is the last one this is the Madry special yeah don't give us a clue then let's get let's get let's have a little honestly if you get it about a clue I'll be I don't know. But might have to get your present. Let's have a little thing, Chris. Just think, just think about a present. I mean, we've got no chance. I don't think he's a present. Oh, how long ago was Bjarni Goldbeck? <laughs> no, no, he's right. You're he's in right the, wing. Not, in the area of back. the world, in the area of the world, you're not far away. I, I didn't even remember this player. I can barely even pronounce his surname. He, he's he's Danish. Millicent. Oh, really? Danish. His career ended oh. at short at twenty eight. Is, is it Jess? A uh, Jess Ho? No, no. Well, that's a good shout there. He scored. He scored. He scored. I think he scored his first goal. Maybe his only goal. He scored two. He scored one of his only two goals for the club on this day. He played fifty two games for the club between ninety three and ninety seven. Fifty It's quite a big coup at the time. We bought him for half a million. It's quite a big coup at the time. Danish player, played in Denmark for a bit, and then unfortunately his career ended at Chelsea because um, he uh, he got li- uh, knee ligament damage, and that was that. I'm afraid. Bit of a tootshell ended his career early. He's a pundit now. In okay, I'll give you initials. J.K. Oh, it's like J. Yes. J- Jacob Goldberg or something. Yeah, Jacob Goldberg. He's got it. Well done. Yeah. I tell you what, you're just about on the point there. I think just about. And then, oh, somebody... thanks, mate. You owe me a birthday point anyway, don't you? 
Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. You, you get. We'll call it the Jacob Clover pint. Nice well, level pint. Yeah, I think maybe a half. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a uh, maybe a shandy. Anyway, um, and there was a uh, somebody came on that day. Who do you think came on? Steady the ship. Steady the ship. Just like Santa Mitch. Well, pretty good player. Pretty good player. Pretty good player coming on to steady the ship. Yeah, Glenn Hoddle. Glenn Hoddle, because he was a manager. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He came on. He came on. And uh, there's... He came on in the FA Cup final as well. Yeah, yeah, he came on. So um, he was uh, testing Mark Steen's uh, fitness out that day, apparently. And yeah, that was cool, good. So yeah, that was the Chelsea quiz. And uh, Chelsea... Good one, enjoyed that one. End of yeah, season, yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Well done to uh, anyone who's listening who got any of those as well. Good job. Yeah, if you got Jacob Clyberg about a clue, let us know because that would have been epic. So, um, yeah, <laughs> if a pound and a half coming your way, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Lovely. Thank you very much. Um, right. Well, we've got two games left to the end of the season, and uh, we'll be back. Um, I think next week. Um, no pod in between. So, um, I think that's all we've got time for today. Um, so, thanks, guys, for for chipping in um, and we'll have our ESCR end of season awards next week which we're looking forward to looking forward to it yeah the big gala yeah. the big gala yeah. yeah the big do the big end of season do we'll yeah. have to yeah, we'll have to, yeah we'll have to be a do won't there we'll have to get your plus ones <laughs> <laughs> that's it um, but thank you very much um, but yeah regardless of the result we will be back next week um, for more updates and all things the SCR you can follow us on Twitter at EatSickChelsea and Instagram at EatSickChelseaRepeat and as always we hope you're carefree wherever you may be and thanks for listening